What psalm was that? That was Psalm 120. Good evening. Welcome to this class. We are today going to discuss the end of our parsha, the end of parsha Lech Lecha, in which we discover how um, how Abraham is instructed to do a Brit Milah. We're not going to talk about the background of the circumcision or why that's important this time. We are going to, we're focusing really on how mitzvahs and commandments need to use physical things and how our involvement in our Jewish lifestyle is very much expressed in the physical, in the items, in the use, in the way we get them. And that's why the class is, is titled, uh, why is it, um, what's the title? Why is it expensive? Why is ex Jewish lifestyle expensive? You can handle that. I'm not sure if everybody thinks Jewish lifestyle, lifestyle is expensive. Um, I definitely don't, but let's go. Let's take a look. So hoping that everybody has the source notes with them and you've down, downloaded them and got them available to check out. If you don't have them available, post it in the chat and someone kind will post a link in the chat as well for you. Download there. The way we always do our classes, we go around the table and everyone gets a chance to read. And so we will begin our virtual rotation of the table with Diana. Diana, can you please read for us source number one? It comes from Bereshit. Bereshit, the first book of the Torah, the first of five, chapter 17. And we're skipping through a bunch of verses. So Diana, take it away. Hey, I'm letting you know that I didn't. I can't print it out, so I go back and forth between reading and also the Zoom room. So if I get disconnected, you'll know why. Okay? Excellent. Okay, you want me to read one? Okay. All right. Infusing physicality with godliness. Source one, beret sheet. Is that 17.19-1324? Abram was 99 years old. Hashem, Hashem appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty Hashem. Walk before me and be perfect. Hashem said to Abraham, keep my covenant, you and your prodigy after you throughout the generation. This is my covenant that you shall observe between me and you and your prodigy after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be the sign of a covenant between me and you. At the age of eight days, every male among you shall be circumcised throughout the generation. Whether one born to you in your home or one who is not your child, what was purchased with money from a foreigner. Those born in the home and those purchased with money shall be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh as an everlasting covenant. Abraham was 99 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. Thank you, Diana. That was fantastic. Um, and so from we discover in the Torah how there is a commandment to Abraham 
to get circumcised. I want to point out to you guys, pay attention in the first paragraph that um, Diana read, Abraham is referenced as Avram, Abram. And in the second paragraph, he's already he's already called Abraham. And there's an added H. Or in Hebrew, there's an added Hey. And that's, of course, a very important moment in the development of um, Abraham and his wife as devotees to Hashem. Um, and you can find more about that when you will read the parasha, but I think it's a worthy, worthy thing to notice. But we're going to move on to source number two. Now that we know that Abraham has fulfilled the mitzvah of Brit Milah, did Abraham fulfill any other commandments? And if he did, we discussed already, I think, last week, how did he know about the commandments in order to fulfill them? And so we're going to digress from the standard um, turn of the table. We'll ask Alan, can you read for us source number two? Because this references your question from last week. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Rabbi Chama, son of Rabbi Hanina, said, from the days of our forefathers, Torah study never left them. Abraham was an elderly scholar who sat and learned, as, as it states, Abraham was old, advanced in days. Isaac was an elderly scholar who sat and learned, as it states, it came to pass when Isaac became old. Jacob was an elderly scholar who sat and learned, as it states, the eyes of Israel, or Jacob, were heavy from old age. Rob said, our forefathers, Abraham, our forefather Abraham fulfilled the entire Torah as it states, since Abraham listened to my voice. Awesome. So now we have the biblical source for the piece of the, the fact that Abraham had fulfilled all the commandments. There is a pasuk that says, a verse that says, since Abraham listened to my voice, and from this the rabbis discover that Abraham had not had listened, and then of course, if you're listening, you're implementing too. They had implemented the commandments that God has given, and that brings us to a question: Is there a difference between the other commandments that Abraham fulfilled? And the commandment that Abraham fulfilled because he had a specific instruction from God himself. God says to Abraham, get yourself a Brit Milah, get yourself the circumcision. God does not tell to Abraham, have mezuzahs on your door. Keep, uh, keep putting on tefillin every day, keep Shabbat. Those are not commandments that were given directly to Abraham. The question is, is there a difference in the value of the commandments fulfilled by Abraham versus um, the commandments given to Abraham by God, and only then that he fulfilled them. So for this, we are going to look into a commentary from the Rebbe, and I'm going to ask Margot, can you join us, please, from the Rebbe, the forefathers mitzvot versus ours? Uh, Hasidic philosophy explains that the uh, mitzvah of circumcision fulfilled by Abraham had an advantage over the other, other mitzvah he fulfilled. The other mitzvah fulfilled by Abraham had two disadvantages. 
He did them on his own accord. The mitzvah did not have the power to permeate the physical objects used to fulfill them and invest them with sanctity. The mitzvah we do today after Hashem gave us the Torah are advantageous in both areas. Hashem commanded us to do them. They instill sanctity within the objects used to fulfill them so that the physical becomes sacred. Excellent. Thank you, Mago. And so, is there a difference between the two commandments? And the answer is, yes, there is. Of course there is. And what is that difference? So we can understand this with the giving of a mashal, a allegory to understand what happens. So um, imagine a emperor or a leader, um, you know, a, a government that says we're going to ban trade between two areas. But let's say between Rome and Syria. Okay, they're banning trade between these two towns. People cannot travel between these two areas. And as such, there will not be any migration and assimilation between these two people, between these two nations. The two nations live in different areas. They would have only met each other by virtue of their trade and by virtue of their travel. And until this ban is abolished, they're not going to meet each other and they're not going to engage with each other. So there is not that relationship and that develop that the assimilation between these two nations. Before God gave the Torah, there was this level of, of a ban between heaven and earth, between spiritual and the physical. After God gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai, the ban between physical and spiritual has been taken away. And not only that, the hope now is to encourage the assimilation between the physical and the spiritual. What, what does this mean? How is it done? The idea is that when a person, when we take a physical item and with it, we do a commandment of God, what we're actively doing is drawing on God's instruction, which in Kabbalah language is called his chachma. And we're investing that chachma of God into the item with which we used to do the mitzvah. This is a... You're muted, Rabbi. Sorry about that. Thank you. This is a basic and fundamental principle in uh, Hasidic understanding of Judaism. And it gives a lot more importance and credence to actual mitzvot. Just imagine if in Hebrew school they had told us that when we do a mitzvah, it makes a difference not just to me as a person, not just to God as my creator, but even to the items with which we're interacting. How much more elevated is the item because I have engaged with it, because you have engaged with it. All of us here today are using our computers to have this class. We're elevating our computers and we're drawing into them a level of God's desire and God's wisdom 
as such. And so let's, uh, let's move forward in this lesson to see how this becomes relevant over here. Um, and and one, one briefly, one quick way that it's relevant, of course, is that the commandments that were given to Abraham that were commanded to Abraham, for example, Brit Milah, I think is the only one, Abraham is told you must circumcise. Now there is an investment of godly energy in the limb, in this physical body, there is now godly energy. In contrast to the non-commanded mitzvot that Abraham did, he did tefillin, he studied Torah, he was kind, he did acts of kindness to others. All of those things are mitzvot post matan Torah, post giving of the Torah. But prior to the giving of the Torah, there was no such commandment. And as such, there is no drawing on God's energy and invest, excuse me, investing it into the world. So let's take a look. Let's move on to circumcision as an anomaly. And I'll ask Moshe, if you're in a position to continue for us the spiritual mitzvot and two paragraphs. Yes, the spiritual mitzvot fulfilled by our forefather gave us the power to fulfill physical mitzvot today. For this reason, at least one of their mitzvot needed to be similar to the mitzvah of today. This mitzvah was circumcision, which is similar to our mitzvot in both aspects. One, God commanded Abraham to do it. Two, although God had not yet given the Torah, this mitzvah instilled physicality with sanctity, and this sanctity remained even once Abraham concluded performing it. It follows that Abraham performed the mitzvah of circumcision in the same manner mitzvah are done today. Thank you, Moshe. So our forefathers, they paved the way for the Jewish nation throughout all of the generations. They started this path. As an example, Abraham is the first to promote belief in one God, the first level of monotheism ever in, in world history is promulgated by Abraham. And since he had done this, um, so God wanted to give Abraham something and, and the opportunity in one way that he should be able to contain godliness. Since he was the, fore, the forebearer of monotheism, of spreading the knowledge of God to the people, God wanted Abraham to be able to participate in a physical way in the commandments. And therefore, God gives him the mitzvah of circumcision, which, has, which, which comes with this unique ability that Abraham hasn't had access to, to change around his physical being and make it more spiritual. Before we go on to section two, I've dropped a bomb on you guys. If someone has a question or a comment or an observation, now is a good time to, to add it in. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, and section two. Section two, quality is valuable. So now let's move on to discover all the other commandments that we're doing 
and how we invest into them the spiritual side of things. And let's ask um, uh, Professor Blumenthal, will you join us for the natural mitzvot? And you have three paragraphs ahead of you, please. One of the aspects of the mitzvot performed today after God gave us the Torah is that we must endeavor to perform them in a natural manner, not a miraculous one. Since the mitzvot must refine the physical objects of the natural world and invest them with sanctity, they should be performed in a way that conforms with nature, so that instead of overriding nature, it will be redefined. Moreover, even the preparations for a mitzvah must be accompanied in a natural manner. There was a known story about the Alter Rebbe in which he did not sanctify the moon until the officer stopped the boat himself, although the Alter Rebbe had previously stopped its movement miraculously. The reason he waited was so that the preparation for the mitzvah would conform to the laws of nature. From this, we can deduce that if a mitzvah is naturally associated with certain difficulties, whether they involve the mitzvah itself, its preparation, or its result, they should not be removed or lessened via miraculous means. Doing so would reduce what the mitzvah is supposed to accomplish. Thank you, Professor Blumenfeld. And now we have a question. And now we now I am I am questioning what is the story referenced with the Alter Rebbe that, um, that Rebbe Shmuel just read for us. And here it goes. The Alter Rebbe, the first Hasidic um, Rebbe, who started the branch of Chabad, the author of the Tanya, and the and he rewrote the Shulchan Aruch. And he also wrote the Siddur that um, I and all other Chabad people use today. He was arrested by the Tsar, by the Tsar for, um, for a truncated case of treason. They accused him of treason so that his changes to the fellow Jews accused him of treason so that his, so that his efforts to change certain styles and themes within the Jewish community would be stalled and um, perhaps obliterate, obliterated altogether. Um, and this follows the, the general disagreement that exists between the Hasidim and the Mesnagdim, a conversation to be had at a later date. However, on, on one of the occasions that the Alter Rebbe was arrested, he was kept in one prison as a waiting cell, and they would ferry him across a little river to another location where they did all the interrogations, the questioning, and, um, and made all their attempts to prove his, um, to vindicate the Alter Rebbe. Now, there is a mitzvah that on between, in the first half of the month, we see that the moon has grown substantially, has come back substantially, and we make a blessing on it, and this is called Kiddush Levanat, sanctifying the moon, and you can find it in your prayer book after the, um, after the Shabbat, all the Shabbat services. The next thing you'll find there is the Kiddush Levanat service. It's traditionally done on Saturday night, and it will be done this Saturday night. Um, I will be doing it in Sandy Springs, and I will join you virtually doing it wherever you are. Now, this mitzvah needs to be done stationary, standing, and looking at the moon. The Alter Rebbe had been in jail for already close to 20 days. 
And now for the first time, he's able to leave his cell and he looks up and he sees as he's sitting on this ferry that's traversing this little river, he looks up and he sees that the moon is out and it is in all its glory and it's ready to be blessed. So the Alter Rebbe says to the captain of the boat, he says, listen, I'd like you to stop the boat so that I can bless the moon. And the captain says, I'm in charge here and I won't stop the boat. I never heard of such a thing that you should, that a prisoner should ask me to stop the boat. A couple of minutes later, the boat stops on its own. And now at this point, the altar ever stands up. He looks up at the moon and he says, not the entire prayer, it's, it's like a, a, a four page prayer. He doesn't say the, the full thing. He says one chapter of, of Psalms, a one chapter of Tehillim that precedes the prayer. Uh, and then he sits down and the boat continues to move. A couple moments pass and the Alter Rebbe says to the, to the captain, uh, will you please stop the boat? I'd like to bless the moon. So the captain says, listen, I'll do it on condition um, on, on condition that you bless me. The Alter Rebbe says, okay, I'll bless you, no worries. Um, and the captain stops his boat. The Alter Rebbe stands up, completes the prayer, completes the service, sits down, and they continue on their journey. This story has been passed down from person to person to person. And the previous Rebbe, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, said, he said, as a he said that as a child, he wondered, why did the Alter Rebbe need to stop the boat once, do a bit of the prayer, and then allow the boat to continue so he can, and then he, and then he wants to stop the guy, the captain to do it a second time. Why don't you just make the most of the opportunity and do the whole thing right then? He didn't have to wait. He didn't have to do this. And, um, and as a young child, he didn't, the, the previous rabbi did not understand this, the, this situation. However, as he grew older and studied more chasidot, he came to understand that there is a preference to do the mitzvah, to do the commandments in a natural way, rather than relying on miracles. There are miracles, but it's better to perform the commandments without the miracles. Why is this the case? Mitzvot were given to us to refine the world. Have you ever heard the term tikkun olam? Tikkun olam means to fix the world. <clears throat> there is a faction that says that tikkun olam means to save the whales, an important thing, but not a Jewish idea. Tikkun olam is a Kabbalistic idea which teaches us that at the moment of creation, God created the world in a way that humankind can fix it. What is the nature of this fixing? That is that God leaves moments of himself all over the place. And it is for us as humans and as Jews to access those bits of God and bring them and, and use them for godly services. 
And in fact, in, in our prayer, the term, the only, the only um, rabbinic source of the the only rabbinic use of the word tikkun olam is in the end of the aleinu prayer in the second paragraph it says the takin olam malchus shin dalid yod um, to fix the world in the kingship of god um, nothing to do with with trees or whales but what it does have to do is with catching those pieces of god all over the place and bringing them in now, if this is to be done in our world, it is to be done in the world that we can associate with, which means in the natural order of the world. And that is why Tikkun Olam really means that in our natural moments, we use the things that we have access to to perfect the world. And therefore, mitzvot should be done in their natural way. And as such, the, the Alter Rebbe in this story doesn't want, to doesn't want to do his blessing, his prayer, while the boat is moving because of a miracle. Rather, he wants to do the, the, the blessing once the captain has stopped the boat for natural reasons. And this brings us to the next part of the conversation. And that is that um, as the next piece begins, a pay payment for mitzvot. There is, this, there is a reality that every commandment comes along with a price tag. So um, you, you, will, um, you will recall that when you had to do the bar mitzvah of your kid, someone got paid. You might notice that when you want to get yourself a lulav and esrog, it costs you a couple bucks. Um, when you want to eat matzah, you have to source it. You've got to buy it. Now, I'm not complaining about the price tag in that of itself. That's okay. Everyone's got to make a buck. And, and everything takes time and, and energy. However, would you believe that there is a spiritual value to paying for your mitzvot, to acquiring the items you need to do the mitzvah? People, some people are looking for a way out of paying. And here I am telling you, Go pay because this is this is part of the plan. Let's take a look, and we're we'll ask Juan. Can you read for us payment for the mitzvot, please? The Sohar states that mitzvot should not be performed in an empty way for free, as then the mitzvah will not draw down the spirit of holiness. This behavior recalls an Egyptian lifestyle where, as the verse states, we were given food for free, rather than we must invest for as necessary, consistent with uh, our abilities, and pay the full amount. It is told that the Arizal would not negotiate over the price of a mitzvah. Uh, he would pay whatever whatever was asked for him. Similarly, the Talmud relates that Rabbi Gamliel purchased an straw for a thousand coins. Thank you, Juan. So we've, we've, seen, um, we've seen that there is a value in paying for the mitzvah because when you do, you draw into it holiness. We're going to take a look at a Zohar. 
Zohar is the, the, the central book of Kabbalah, authored by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the celebrated Tana, who is, his holiday is the, third, the 33rd day of the Omar, Omar, which is always celebrated in Meiron with much fanfare. And, um, and he teaches us a lesson over here. He says that if you want to connect to God through a mitzvah, you need to pay for it. And there is support for this in, are you ready for which book this is? This is the book of sorcery of Ashmedai, the king of the demons. Let's get a load of this. Rabbi Shimon began expanding, expounding. If you wish to invest effort into a mitzvah and into your connection to God, do not do so with, with minimal effort or for free. Rather, invest proper effort consistent with your abilities. In the book of sorcery that Ashmedai taught to King Solomon, it is stated as follows. If you wish to invest effort into the removing into removing the spirit of impurity and compel another spirit to take its place, you must buy the item needed for the action you wish to do for its full price. Pay whatever they want you to pay, be it large or small, for the spirit of impurity always rests on what is free and empty and sold for no price. This spirit then dwells upon people against their will and seduces them to allow it to live alongside them. It uses many manipulative tactics to turn them away from the correct path and to allow it to dwell with them. The spirit of holiness is different. Third paragraph, it is only found among items acquired for the full price and with much effort. It is pure and it dwells in purity, dwelling among those who dedicate their desires and souls. And that is a fascinating piece of Zohar, which I must tell you, I have never read before this class. I did not know this information, and it's pretty cool, in fact, if you ask me. The Zohar is telling me things that you take for free carry a certain level of impurity on them. If you want to get rid of this impurity, if you want to carry the, the level of holiness, the spirit of holiness, you must pay for the item. And on this... Rabbi Chaim Vital, who is a student of the Arizal, um, says the following in his book, number, source number four, the Ta'ameya Mitzvot, by, authored by Rabbi Chaim Vital in the Mitzvah of Tzedakah. He says that the Arizal would not, would not negotiate over the price of a lulav or esrog. When he would purchase a mitzvah such as a lulav or esrog, my master would give the sellers whatever they initially asked for, and he would not refuse to give them the rest. Sometimes he would place his money pass before them and tell them to take whatever they wanted. So we're seeing a lot of examples, and we've got another one coming, source number five, of how great rabbis paid whatever it was, whatever it took, for the mitzvot that they needed. So source number five is, is, is Talmud, Tractate, Sukkah, page 41b. Those who are keeping with the um, with the Dafyomi, I think we passed Sukkah recently, I think. So once Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Elizabeth and Azari, and Rabbi Akiva were traveling on a ship, it sounds like the Pesach Seder, four great rabbis sitting together. So they were all traveling on a ship. The only one in possession of Alula was Rabbi Gamliel, which he had purchased for 1,000 Zuz. Why was it necessary to relate that he purchased it for that sum? The Gemara wants to know that question wants to know that information and answers to tell you 
to inform us how precious mitzvahs were for our sages. And so here you go, you have three sources of great rabbis that invested large sums and a lot of effort, and for good reason, into the mitzvot. Let's find out why. We're going to start again from the beginning. Um, Mal, do you have the book in front of you? Yes, I do. Okay, so Mal, can you read for us? Don't look for problems, but don't escape don't them look, either. Don't look for problems, but don't escape them either. This does not mean that you should look for difficulties. However, where difficulties are naturally present, do not use supernatural means to prevent them. Just as methods should not be used to remove difficulties associated with preparations for a mitzvah, they should not be used to remove difficulties naturally associated with the results of a mitzvah. Excellent. Thank you, Mal. And so we have from the Rebbe a very clear instruction. You don't have to make it tough, but don't look to get rid of those tough things. Persevere, get through them, and it's all going to be good. Let's move on to source number six. Diana, can you read for us source six, please? Just a minute. I had to open my mute because I was by the uh, reading. Source six, what page? What page? Uh, Ten. 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 Okay. Just a second. Sure, no problem. Okay, the Rebbe, don't look for problems, but don't escape them either. This Diana, can you read for us the next piece? Source number six. Oh, source six, sure. No problem. God appeared to him in the plains of Maori. He was then sitting at the entrance of the tent in the heat of the day. Commentary of Rashi. Hashem appeared to him means that he paid a visit to the sick. Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina said it was the third day since his circumcision and Hashem came to see how he was fearing. You want Thank, me to you. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. So, what do we have? We have this. <laughs> oh, hello. We have this moment with Abraham. He gets his circumcision. Uh, by the way, at 99 years old, he's not a young man. And on the most painful day of the circumcision, that's when God comes to visit him. And um, you're wondering, why did, Ab why did God take so long? Couldn't God come on day one? Why do you have to wait till the third day? And perhaps the day hardest to entertain guests. So let's take a look at what the Rebbe does share about this. And so let's move on to Alan. Can you tell us, please, why didn't God cure Abraham miraculously? Based on this, we can understand why God visited Abraham on the third day after his circumcision. One of the three angels who visited Abraham was Raphael, who came to cure him. Naturally, a circumcised person is sick for three days. Therefore, God could not have sent Raphael to Abraham before the third day, as then he would be removing a difficulty that is a natural result of the mitzvah. For as we said above, Abraham's mitzvah of circumcision was similar to our mitzvah today. Rather, we must say, this visit occurred on the third day after his circumcision, and Raphael cured him in a natural manner. From this, we can learn a lesson as to how to perform mitzvot. 
Do not look for miracles to assist you in performing a mitzvah, rather perform it in a natural manner so that nature becomes a vehicle for godliness. Thank you, Alan. So let's just review that story with Abraham for a moment. There are, Abraham is visited by God and the third day is extremely hot. It's extremely hot. And then Abraham sees three visitors coming. Abraham was yearning so much to fulfill, to, to welcome new guests into his home that he was feeling down. And when God came to visit him, he said, where are my visitors? Why is it so hot today? Where are my visitors? So, um, so God made three angels appear. Now, if you recall these three angels, each of them had a mission. One of the angels had the mission to tell Abraham that his wife was going to have a baby. One of the angels was to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. But there's a third angel. What's the third angel for? The third angel was the angel Raphael, which, who came, and by the way, they all came up looking like regular travelers. Abraham didn't know they were angels. The third angel comes, and he is angel Raphael, to heal Abraham from the inevitable sickness that comes after a circumcision. And as we just read from the Rebbe, a fascinating lesson. Why did the angels take three days to turn up, and why did God's cure for Abraham take three days? So that the mitzvah would not be without its physical experience. And part of the physical experience is what happens next. And at the same, at the, in the same way, let's just make a life comparison. The things that we pay for in life are usually the most valuable to us. If you go to a mechanic, if you go to what, like a, you know, a whatever mechanic, a basic mechanic, and, and they, they mess you up for, for basic money, like whatever. But if you go to the top level service, the most honest, but the most expensive, you know you're coming out with good work done. Or, you know, like if, if you want to get the best phone, you want to get the best phone, you go straight to the top. I, it's going to cost you a thousand bucks, but you want the best quality, you go for the top. These things that we put the most into, they're the ones that give us often the greatest returns. And in spirituality, it's like that as well. If we invest well, we'll get it out well. Invest more, more returns. Let's go on to section C, nature as an angel. Let's ask where we're up to in the circle. Um, we'll get there. Let's go. Margo, can you read for us, please, section C? Section C, read first the first, uh, the, the first couple paragraphs. Yeah, first two. First three. Yep. Make a statement, Rabbi. It's Diana. Hi. Um, Diana, just after we finish this section, okay? Okay, fine. No problem. Excellent. Now go off you go. The Rabbi manifestations of Ra manifestations of Raphael. One detail still requires clarification. If it is natural to feel better on the third day, why did Abraham need Raphael to cure him? We will understand this based on the Rambam's statement that na natural forces are sometimes referred to as angels. This is because every entity below 
originates from a spiritual source above. As our sages state, every blade of grass has a spiritual force that strikes it and commands it to grow. Since the forces of nature originate from the angels, they are sometimes referred to as such. In this light, the reason a circumcised person is cured after three days in due to Raphael, the angel of hearing, it, I think it is due to Raphael, the angel of hearing, healing. Right. Normally, however, Raphael's influence must descend many levels until it takes the form of a natural cure. Most people only see the natural manifestation manifestation while Raphael himself the source of healing remains concealed Abraham was different in that he clearly saw the source of the cure namely the angel Raphael excellent thank you and so what what comes out of here that healing comes from the energies uh, provided by God and that the angel that, that came at the right time at the natural time for healing he comes kind of disguised, but but this is nevertheless still the healing provided by the angel. And this this concludes our textbook part of the class, but it doesn't, but we can still discuss and, and, and develop this idea that when we invest into a mitzvah and we give it our all, the mitzvah A doesn't carry the impurity of the uh, of of the free and more than that when we pay with our effort and we pay with our involvement and we pay with our presence it actually influences the item with which we did the mitzvah and it influences the world around us and ourselves so that we become mitzvah people and here now we can answer this massive question that that titles our class why does Judaism why does Jewish lifestyle have to be so expensive? Because the more we put into it, the more valuable it is, the more we can take out of it, and the more we can influence the life, our own life, the life of the people around us, and the life definitely of our dependents. Let's open the floor for a couple of questions and comments. Diana. They still do the three days waiting um, for a circumcision. They do still do it? Yes, okay. they do. Because when my um, daughter lived with us and she had the bris here in our house, the Merle came back after three days to make That's sure it. that uh, my grandson was fine. So they still do it. They still, the, you see the Mohel nowadays, they're quite responsible and they come to check up on their patients to be sure that everything is okay. And that's that's a blessing. We're we're appreciative of such. And he's twenty four years old now, my grandson. And he still works. Good. As long as everything's okay, nothing to worry about. Questions, comments, answers, and solutions. Before we go to questions, let's turn off the recording.